Hey everyone, welcome back to the Yona Pod. It is I, Evan, a lover and a big time fan of, uh, those are both the same thing, but you know what I mean. Big time fan of Yona of the Dawn. As always, joined by my lovely co-host. I'm Alex, and I guess I'm also a big time fan. That is such a fascinating way to explain like describe yeah. yourself yeah. <laughs> I don't think you've ever said that in your life I know Kusanagi I love your work <laughs> uh, so yeah it's been a week since we have chatted it has been I needed a little break because I had waited too long I okay so bad employee corner is a lot of times I would read my chapters during work hours. Uh, to be fair, that job was kind of shitty. <laughs> and yes. that was like my sort of like, haha, take things back for myself. Uh, but I have left that job. I, in fact, started a new job, what I believe yeah. to be my dream job. Yeah, today. Um, and as a result, though, last week was my last week at the at the old job. And so I had like legitimate work to do. <laughs> so I, I wasn't trying to blame you. By oh, the way. no, I just felt like telling my story and being okay, like, good, good. at employee quarter. Yeah, I was setting that up to explain that it's been a couple weeks since I read the chapters. So this is going to be a fun episode. Oh, nice. Yeah, they were fresh for me. Perfect. Okay, before we get into it, though. So last week, two weeks ago, or two episodes ago, maybe, uh, I was talking about my... Yeah, it was two episodes ago. I was talking about my favorite uh, Hakiona moment, which is the Uh flashback for New Year's. And so I posted that as, like, a thing on Tumblr. And, uh, again, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, so we're going to go with Sabriel who I mentioned uh, last time, (laughs) reblogged it. And she said, amongst other very, very good tags, I think as much as Hawk loved her because he saw her, Hawk loved her because she saw him. Not many people would think to take care of the Thunder Beast, you know? And I was like, okay. (laughs) Crying in the club at 10 (laughs) a.m. So I just have to share that in case anybody missed my, like, random post on Tumblr, which is probably everybody because, you know, it's Tumblr. Also, I'm not popular. But, yeah, um, um, somebody once described us being on Tumblr, or just, like, fellow Tumblr users being, like, people who stayed at, like, if people were to have stayed at Chernobyl after the nuclear fallout happened. <laughs> <laughs> fair and honestly mood but yeah but then you get some gems like that yes uh i will get rid over get rid of tumblr over my dead body it has to i haven't been on it as much and i i was always like and i still on like you quizzes and stuff pick it as like my favorite social media even though i've become more of a twitter person as of late Mm -hmm. but my heart is with tumblr because yeah, you can't get nuclear waste anywhere else. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, Twitter is a dumpster, a dumpster fire, but there's a specific brand on Tumblr. <laughs> True. Perfect. So, 
if you're not, you should you should be on it and join the dumpster fire nuclear waste with us. And occasionally you get legitimately good gems, like Sabriel. Occasionally, yes. Who I do recommend you follow. She's also on Twitter, so. Yes. Okay, that was, yeah, that was all I wanted to say before we got into everything, because I just needed everybody to know that that was something that was said about Hawk and Yona. <laughs> just think it's beautiful. Okay, well, are we ready to get into the chapters? As ready as I will ever be for having oh. not read it for a couple weeks. Okay, let's do this. So, chapter 137, To My Allies. So... We begin in the Water Tribe, where Teyu and Hangdae are guarding the Xing border, noting troop movement and anticipating the coming war. Uh, the chief, that is Teyu, uh, plans on following Suwon's orders, but Hangdae isn't too happy about having to invade another country when they have no stakes. Um, in contrast, you know, they did have stakes when rescuing Lily and Say. Rather, Hangday feels that, and this is a direct quote, peace achieved by hurting people leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, and honestly, yes. same dude. <laughs> yes, I loved that quote. Uh, there is a wild bit of lore that is just dropped in slightly before that. And oh, yeah. in like a side note says that the Wind Tribe have exceptional eyesight. Yeah. Just there. Okay. <laughs> That's just kind of like snuck in there. Um, and then <laughs> I made two connections. And one is that Hawk and Sheena get to be eyesight bros, which delights me because I Aww, love their friendship. Love and then the second is that do you think the betrayal is extra upsetting because Hawk has great eyesight, but he couldn't see it coming? Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, that's all I wanted to say about that. Uh, but yeah, apparently they just have a really good eyesight. So like, good for them. I wonder why. They don't really need it. Eh, it doesn't matter. They can see good. <laughs> they can see good. Yeah. And also same dude to that vibe. Like as we've covered before, this is kind of the first instance. Well, maybe the second, but like the first like real instance where Suwon's really just out for power at this point. It's not, you know, protection or anything. So mm -hmm. it's understandable that they're like, mm, I don't really want to do this guys. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they were like that before, but they were willing to go along with it because it was for a good cause. And this time it's clearly not for a good cause. And they're like, I'm really going to push back for this now. Yeah. Um, back at the palace are once again a live boy, Minsu, <laughs> overhears Kishuk the bitch and Suwon planning to travel with 20,000 Sky Tribe troops to Xing in three days, which is quite a faster timeline than they were expecting. So Minsu rushes back to Obi's hideout to warn Yona. And while Obi got their first message to the Wind Tribe, now they're in even more of a time crunch. So <laughs> Yona tells Hawk to go on to the Wind Tribe without her while she stays behind and delays. Specifically, she plans to ask a certain someone to help. 
Um, and I'll be honest, my mind went to Lily, forgetting that she had another substantial ally. Yeah, no, I totally forgot about her substantial ally that she was going after. I had no thoughts about this. I figured it couldn't be Lily because they had just tried to visit her. So I didn't Mm -hmm. imagine that they would go. Like, I didn't imagine Kuznagi would have her go back. Like, me as Yona, I would probably go back to Lily. But, like, that doesn't make sense narratively. Uh, But, yeah, totally would not have suspected Tijun, which keeps happening. (laughs) It keeps popping up in the story. We're like, Tijun! Sorry, I ruined your reveal. You were, like, keeping it hush-hush. Oh, no worries. Uh, But, yeah. Honestly, if we had some sort of, like, awards going on to hand out, he would definitely probably win Most Unexpected Arc. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. he's, he's, He's interesting. So, back in story, Hawk is understandably not comfortable leaving Yona, uh even when Obi is willing to lend her a carriage and Minsu and Algira are willing to accompany her, uh, which love that my girl has such support, by the way. Uh, that's something we're really going to be focusing on in these chapters. Um, but, you know, Yona insists that, you know, she can do it and he acquiesces uh, because as we've said time and time again, we'll always point it out because it's one of his strongest traits. Uh, Hawk trusts her. And he'll ultimately support her in her decisions rather than trying to keep her in a bubble. It's so great. Which is really nice. But also, I really wouldn't blame him for not wanting to do this because historically, whenever they get separated, terrible things happen to Yona. (laughs) Yeah. It's not good, but God bless him for being like, you know what? Maybe this time won't be a disaster. Yeah, I'm here to follow you. And you say it'll be fine, and it'll be fine. Yeah. I also love that she calls upon their love of their friends who, you know, she's like, you know, as soon as we finish this up, we can go see them. And you get this again. I was too late in posting screenshots, but I love this little snapshot she gets when she's like, you know, we can go see the dragons and uh, Yoon and Al soon. And you just get like a little snapshot of basically how she sees their little found family in her mind's eye yeah so uh we're about to reach a significant moment which i had forgotten was this chapter but uh i honestly forget about this like every single time yeah every time it always takes me by surprise because it's just so out of left field yeah which i guess is the point but love it um so in parting uh yona and hawk first do this adorable little fist bump and then without thinking she kisses him goodbye what they finally smooched and i can't use that joke anymore (laughs) 137 chapters in ladies and gentlemen oh boy the slowest burns yes we love it (laughs) love it I love it. Yeah, dude, I forget about this kiss all the time. Because I don't really count it as their first kiss. It's just sort of like something that happens. I don't know. That's weird to talk about without spoilers. But like, I don't consider this their first kiss. It's it's definitely... It's it's because of the way it happens. and, And it's very much an afterthought. 
So yeah. Yeah. It's hard to consider it. And and, and then this isn't where I mean I called it a turning point, but it's it's really not where they move into that next stage. Right. So it is very easy to forget. Right. So it's not actually a turning point. It's just like something that happens and they're like, oh, okay, guess that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I feel like there's weirdly more significant romantic points in their relationship so far. But also this is very funny. <laughs> like, Just because I don't really like care about this kiss. Like it's exciting and everything, but like. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird moment for me. But, like, good for them. Yeah. I mean, it's a change in what's happened, at least, thus far. Um, So she kisses him goodbye, and it's truly without thinking. And it's only after that she thinks to feel awkward, you know, realizing what she just did. And she takes her leave, leaving Hawk to have a full crisis. Um... (laughs) He's once more in disbelief. Again, he's just spent years in unrequited love with her. So he he's just sitting there going, like, is it, like something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Is this the afterlife? And then, like, his cohort touch be like, no, you're alive. And I love that part of his blue screen is at one point he says, Pookie, you. It's just, like, thrown in there amongst his is something wrong. He's just tossing everything out. He's like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, his brain is broken. I do really love the way that she pulls back and she's like, mm, okay, I'm gonna go and just like not ever see you again. Goodbye. And like, I cannot handle it. My favorite, my favorite part of his breakdown is he goes, hey, wait, like long after she's gone. <laughs> he's like so out of it. Uh, yeah, he's, he's having a a problem. (laughs) He's having a problem. Yeah, um, I did laugh when OG just kind of sidles into frame and goes, things are getting interesting. (laughs) Although you do get a touch of, like, Kusanagi's weird homophobia because Hawk refers to OG as, um, a man who thinks wearing a hairpin is an okay thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) If my notes literally say homophobic, Kuznagi strikes again. (laughs) Kuznagi, you were doing so well. You haven't had a homophobic joke in like so many chapters. Zero days since our last Kusanagi homophobia. (laughs) (sighs) We should make that tally. (laughs) We really should. Kuznagi Oji can wear anything that he wants. He can be pretty if he wants. And he looks fabulous in the hairpin, honestly. I mean, yeah. Elsewhere, the Wind Tribe has received Hawk's message. They remember their rule, um, you know, because they're sort of questioning of like, you know, because Hawk's asking them, you know, not to fight. And, you know, this puts them in direct opposition with the king's orders. And so they remember the rule that they follow, which is that, you know, you follow what Hawk says without question. Mm -hmm. So they stop preparing for battle and Tehu has them have a party instead, (laughs) which is an excellent choice. Uh, It very much reminds me that he's he's a teenager, right? Yeah, I think he's like 15, 14. Yeah, yeah. This is very much a 15-year-old in charge. <laughs> <Move>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have a party. 
Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that his soldiers are also like, eh, this is weird, but we'll roll with it. I mean, that's the Wind Tribe, baby. They're very chill. They're just like, yeah, let's roll with it. You say we're going to have a party instead of fighting for our lives? Let's go. Would you say they go wherever the wind blows? (laughs) I would say that. You can't see it because it's not a visual medium, but I was moving my arms like they do in the anime. (laughs) So, um... The tribe also receives Hawk's second message, which is to get along with Shing. So <laughs> Hangday designates himself the party emissary uh, to the hostile Shing soldiers and invites them to party. Uh, and I also like that there's a reputation. He, you know, he says things are starting to get interesting, which was just said, you know, a scene or two ago with OG is with regard to Hawk and Yona. So I like that that's like just like a theme that's happening. Like just like weird shit is happening. And <laughs> true. I didn't make that connection. <laughs> I just I wrote that line and I just said, God, I love maniacs in my notes. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> it is like one person's getting kissed out of nowhere and one person is getting shot at. And they're both reacted to the same way. Yeah. <laughs> like delightful word was right when she said kiss and kill each other yeah so yona arrives at her destination which is it seika seika palace i think i pronounced it seika but it's anybody's guess so guess what we're seeing the fire tribe boys again taejun is in the middle of getting nagged by his brother for focusing too much on farming uh but he is rescued by hook chi who says he has a visitor uh, and at first he just like thinks it's a lie to like get him out of trouble, but no, there are ac- there's actually a visitor. <laughs> These like you know strange warrior types. So he immediately starts catastrophizing. He's assuming it means nothing good that they're going to kill him. Like historically, like strong warrior people never mean anything good for him. <laughs> Fair enough. I forgot about that. I forgot he was like, God, I'm gonna be murdered. Yeah. <laughs> why is that your first thought i laughed so hard when hung day's like okay bye and he screams out he's like at least hesitate before you leave me (laughs) (laughs) yeah hook chi is not loyal and i respect the hell out of it (laughs) he's just like yep i'm not dying for my employer goodbye (laughs) but also is weirdly loyal we'll get to that uh Okay, technically he's loyal, but only when it actually matters. Yeah, exactly. For little shit like this, you're like, mm, not my problem. So yeah, Taejun is fully convinced he's about to die, but surprise, <laughs> amidst these scary, strange warriors, is his guiding star, Yona. Ooh, she's back, and he loves her. Yeah, and so this is where we end. Uh, but there's a little extra bit where Minsu considers how he's never had a good impression of Taejun, which is fair because he has not been around for Taejun's redemption arc. True. He hasn't met him post growth. Yeah. So he just knows, you know, the pompous, uh, blowhard who was constantly harassing Yona and thinking he was better than everybody. So... He is yeah, about to it'll get... be a surprise for him. Yeah. Uh, so then okay. that... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, before you move on to the next chapter, I have three things. So, 
One, I googled it. Teo is apparently 17, so I was wrong. <laughs> and also he's 5'6", so he's a little short guy. A short king. <laughs> a little short king. Two, when Yona leaves after the kiss, she thinks to herself, there are things you should and shouldn't do, Yona. And I feel like that's just the way she was scolded when she was young, and now she just has Aww. like internalized that, and she's scolding herself. I just thought it was really cute of her. Three, I love the Wind Tribe quote where they go, no matter how amazing the heavens are, no matter how superior a king might be, what Lord Hawk says goes. They're so loyal to Hawk, which I love. But also, this is one of the big reasons that I think Hawk is being set up to be the future king. Because, you know, everything's in play. Like, post-canon Suwon could stay king or Yona could take over and Hawk might not be he could just sort of like do his own thing but i do think that he's gonna like step up and take responsibility be king because of this okay so like another big chunk of this theory comes in the next arc so i can't really get into it super deep but like here the wind tribe is saying that they'll go against the heavens which is like yona's realm because she has the the gods on her side and she is the reincarnation of a god and then uh they also say that they'll go against kings which is suan's domain for Hawk's sake. So Hawk trumps all. So it would make sense that he would stand with Yona to unite the people since she's already uniting and leading other parts of the country. He's got like the wind tribe on his side. Yeah. So that's my argument. And also, I just really like that quote. I love how much the wind tribe loves each other. Like, I'll never be over it. I just every time they get together and get to hang out, I'm just like, yay, I love this. Mm. You reminded me that I skipped over one of my notes, which was slash recap parts, which is just in between the Wind Tribe getting uh, Hawk's message and Yona and Hawk parting. Uh, you get Yona blue screening a little bit herself in the carriage. It's the part where she's like, there's some things you just shouldn't do. Uh, mm-hmm. And I forgot that my oblivious girl, one of the things she says or thinks is that she's were she's like, I'm sure Hawk was appalled by what I did. girl girl i'm sure he was disgusted by you yeah my god (laughs) i mean to be fair she did kiss him and he did not kiss her back (laughs) and also they've known each other for forever and she is surprised by her own like attraction to him because he was always just this like weird gross older guy (laughs) yeah i'm sure like her brain makes sense I mean, we say girl, but but I will defend her. It's just some fun, dramatic irony. It is some fun, dramatic irony. I agree with you. But fast forwarding back to the next chapter. Uh, We are on chapter 138, Confusion. So we pick up right before or right where we left off. Uh, Minsu can barely believe that the pathetic sobbing mess in front of him is... Tejun. He's always a mess. God bless him. So they present their request to Tejun that he delay the troops marching on Xing, knowing that it puts him in a difficult position at best and a dangerous one at worst because, you know, he could be branded, you know, a criminal. He could be charged with treason. All that fun stuff. Uh, 
but uh, to their surprise, he heartily accepts without even needing to think it over, which I love that bit. Uh, it says Minsu. He's like, hey, shouldn't you think about it for a little while? And there's a little arrow that says to Minsu that says starting to get worried. <laughs> so, like... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. He just doesn't know. He doesn't know that. Yona trumps everything for him and he'll do anything for her. Doesn't understand it. So Tejun explains what the impact the happy hungry bunch had on the fire tribe peoples by bringing the Isa grain, you know, they, you know, they just had their first harvest and it's, you know, really helpful for them and they're growing and economy and villages finally. Um, And that's all because of Yona and her friends. Um, So he tells them that, you know, their people have longed to show their thanks, and this is him getting to do that uh, on their behalf and his own behalf. Uh, which, by the way, I love the little flashback panel where we see Dark Dragon Hawk uh, just buried under Sheena Fluff again. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up because my favorite part of the, <laughs> the flashback is that everybody looks happy and smiling except for Geisha, who looks super pissed and is like yelling at Hawk in the background. Yes. Because for he's so mad when Hawk says he's a dragon. (laughs) Yeah, it's perfect. But yeah, (laughs) Hawk being hidden underneath the uh, the fluff was good times. Yeah, and it was, and Yona's happy to recall it as well. She's like, "Oh, that's fun memories," and she's like giggling. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh. So deciding to help them wins Tejun the kitty designation from Algeria. Uh, as he tells Tejun, it's something he does to people he likes. It's the highest honor he can bestow, as it were. And I love how Tejun's just like, yeah, don't do that. And he doesn't <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah, I called this out specifically in my notes because I said I never wanted to have anything in common with Tejun, but here we are. <laughs> because that would be my reaction to it. Be like, what are you doing? Yeah, I also love that Algira found the nearest kitty. Like, that's something oh, yeah. I have. Like, I will always find the nearest cat. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's immediately like, these aren't my cats, but it is a cat. Scoop throws it in Tejun's face like he's here for kitties. I do appreciate that he finds one everywhere he goes. Yes, it's important. So, uh, so yeah, he gets the kitty, uh, Tejun gets the kitty designation from Algira, and he also gets a hug from Yona, and it's a sign of yet more growth for Tejun that he doesn't spontaneously come combust at this hug oh he also doesn't think anything of it he doesn't think yeah. like oh now's my chance like does she love me yeah he just freezes for a sec smiles softly and then tells her to take care of herself it's really sweet i love his like soft smile yeah so good for you Tejun. so after yona and company leave Tejun calls hookchi and tells him to follow his next orders without question. Uh, so again, you kind of see that echo. We just had that with the Wind Tribe, you know, saying that they'll follow Hawk's lead without question. Um, so they're all, so everybody here is really embodying leading with emotion over rationality. We talked about that last episode mm. about you know how um, Suwan just dismisses that. 
and they're actually and, and as a result di- uh, dismisses Yona as well mm-hmm. when really it's a powerful thing to have people joined um by their like regard for each other um and it's something that Minsu is going to ponder later in this chapter um uh-huh. So, Suwan is back in Coca, being visited by Golfin. Golfin. My childhood divorce is back! Yeah. I missed him. Uh, Suwan is ready to head to Shing, while he recalls Minsu saying that his actions would bring Yona more suffering. Uh, Suwan is committed to his path. You know, he says something like, if he put basically like if he was going to decide things based on Yona's suffering, he would have never taken, he would have never tried to eliminate her in the first place. Like, you know, basically he's like, I'm too far down on this road. I know what type of person I am. I'm never just going to like die peacefully in my bed. So I've got to see this through. Yeah. Pretty bleak to be honest. Yeah. So... He is committed to this path, but alas, the Fire Tribe has sent up a flare indicating that Kin Province has invaded. So what will Suwon do now that his attention slash troops are forcibly divided? So I wonder if Yona came up with this plan after she decided that Taejun would be her ally for this, because... What I thought about on this reread was that the first time that they remet was him accidentally sending off a flare oh, and yeah. having to like go back and be like, no, 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 actually don't like go after everything. So she knows it's like, it'll work. <laughs> like, yeah. It's worked before. So I wonder if she was like, oh, you know what happened once? Taejun set off a flare. We could totally do that again, and then he could pretend like he's a bumbling idiot and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. I didn't mean to. And then there's, like, precedent for it. I don't remember how the rest of this storyline goes, so I don't remember if this actually happens or not. But, like, I wonder if she thought that through or if she just, like, it happened to happen the way that it does. But, like, that's how they remit. So I like to think a little bit of it was, like, actually planned and thought out. Yeah. Because Yona's smart. She's she a strategist. Is. She is. But yeah, it's a cute little callback to be like, hey, remember Taejun? Remember all the good times we had? Remember the time that you almost got us killed? Yeah. <laughs> Can you now use your idiocy? For good? <laughs> Can you use your idiocy for good? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so Yona and company receive word that Taejun did as asked. Uh Minsu is stunned, realizing what power Yona commands now. He recognizes this as a turning point. Um he says something or he thinks rather, something huge is about to happen. She's simply doing her best to protect her friends and the people she sees in front of her. And those around her reach out to help her in turn. Perhaps even his majesty hasn't recognized it. What a terrifying ability. I love that he says it's a terrifying ability. Yes, she is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, it's cool to see it from a a point of view of her, like, adversary, sort of. He's 
I mean, he sort of is. Like, he has to be aligned with Suwon, even though he'll help Yona a little bit. So, yeah, he's like, this is not good for Suwon at all. Yeah. And it's funny that, yeah, Suwon just, like, can't see it at this moment. Yeah. Or maybe he refuses to. Like, this huge blind spot that he has. And just, like, thinking of in terms of, you know, they, they've talked earlier um, in the story about, like, you know, how close we are to a fully united Coca. And here we're saying not really because half of it is ready to turn at the drop. Like the wind tribe are like, we're going to follow Hawk no matter what. And mm-hmm. Tejun is basically acting chief of the fire tribe right now. And he was like, Yona asked me to do this. So we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the fire tribe itself, like its citizens, like Tejun said, have such, such, uh, like respect for Yona and they feel indebted to her because she mm-hmm. basically got them their livelihoods back. The thing is that they don't know that though. Teju knows that, which is important because he can give the like, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I, I think the fire tribe is a little less precarious, but like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like half of it is, <laughs> is definitely on Yona and Hawk's side. So Swan is a little bit screwed. But he has yeah. the people in power on his side, which is important right now. Your your path is not as clear cut as you thought, Suan. Uh, anyway, where were we? Notes wise, ah, in Shing, Mizari is still bringing food to the dragons. He wants them to join the five stars in return for their release. And Princess Corinne arrives, and while she chastises Mizari for speaking on her behalf, she makes the same offer. However, the dragons turn her down because they love and believe in their girl. Um, you know, Corinne is still convinced that Yona's either run away or been killed by Suwan. Um, but they they believe otherwise. And Zeno says that the love the dragons have for their master can't be underestimated and that even the heavens will help them should they need it. Yeah. So I wonder if this will ever come up again. Or if it was just, like, a happy accident. Because he says that, and then it starts raining. Raining, yeah. I wonder that, too. So, yeah. I wonder if this is a real thing, or if he was just like, you know, something could happen and has nothing to do (laughs) with the rain. Or any sort of, like, ability to control the elements or anything around them. They do something cool later, but, like, that has nothing to do with rain. So, I don't know if this is correlated or if it was just, like, a a cool happy accident. Or if this will ever come up again. And would be another case of the smallest thing coming back. The smallest things coming back. Exactly. So, as you said, at the border, it's begun to rain. Uh, The Xing soldiers are still not trusting the Wind Tribe's overtures of friendship. When tribe member Ayame is, uh, remember that name, because she becomes an important plot point later. She was also mentioned, by the way, in like chapter four, when they visited the Wind Tribe. Was she? she was the one uh, that Hawk said, you should be sexier like Ayame. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's back, baby. We have another Wind Tribe person who was like mentioned offhandedly and, you know, pops up again. So that's fun. So, yeah, Ayame is almost struck with an arrow before Hawk arrives. 
and teases the boys for not having won Shing over already. Again, it's that thing, cool entrance, and just, you know, really casual about it. No, he's just like, you know, why are you making these people nervous? You know, we should already be friends. I raised y'all better than that. (laughs) Ah, yes, he says, I don't remember raising you all this poorly. I love that. He's such a dad. Ugh. He just, he raised all of his kids. Like, ugh, he's such a big brother. And it's just like such a communal spirit. It's lovely. God, I fucking love Hawk. <laughs> this is such a cool entrance for him. I love, like, the way that this chapter ends is just like super fucking cool. Yeah. So that is the official end of the chapter. Um, there is a little extra bit where the Shing soldiers want to know who this impressive new soldier is. And Hawk says he's just a dark dragon passing by. <laughs> Again, that callback to Happy Hungry Time, uh, Hungry Bunch Times. Uh, he says he's a, just a dark dragon passing by. But first, dot, dot, dot. Ooh. Yeah. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? That's only half a joke. I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't remember. remember either. <laughs> so. Good. So we'll see you. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Good, like, subtle developmental stuff. Setting a lot of things up for later, too. Yeah. But in a fun way. A lot of times the setup chapters are just, like, you really kind of have to talk through them because you know that they're set up. And this, it's yeah. like, it is. but, like, what's going on is genuinely delightful so yeah any final thoughts before we get into our fun shit nope i have no thoughts that i have not already yelled about at length okay so my well we can go ahead and well do you want to do a question first or should we do we can do a question you said you had one do you want me to do one or did you want to give you uh i do have one uh what would you rather use you've got hawk's glaive Jiha's throwing daggers, Sheena's sword, or Yona's bow? Ooh, that's a hard one because they're all kind of cool. I mean, the only one that I can completely count out is Hawk's Glaive. weapon. It seems so heavy. Like, it I would, would be really heavy. So bad at it. I have no upper body strength. <laughs> um, do you have an answer? I, well, I've always wanted to learn bow and arrow, but I do really love throwing daggers. Yeah, that's fair. That's also a skill I want to pick up. That makes sense for you. See, I have the same exact thought, but with Sheena's. So, like, I've always kind of wanted to learn bow and arrow, but also, like, being able to fight with a sword would be so fucking cool. So, Um, maybe Sheena's. That reminds me, my pagan friend, we were talking about, uh, oh, it was uh, Karen's sister's wedding and it was the cut the cake time, you know, and they've got this big old knife. And one of our friends at our table said offhandedly, it's like, you know, it's so awkward, the cutting the cake tradition. It's like they hand you this big ass sword. And then our pagan friend goes, I literally had cut my cake with a sword. <laughs> and she did. Right on. And I saw some of her wedding photos and yeah, her and her now husband just have swords and they're like, you know, clashing them together for photos. Hell yeah. But yeah. So you're going to go with sword? Ugh. I don't know. But like bow and arrow is so cool. Bow and arrow is really cool. It's always been, so- I-, I do want to learn archery, but I really like a throwing dagger. That's fair. 
I think I do have to go with archery. I, I would have to go with a bow and arrow. But I would also pull a Yona and be like, but also teach me sword fighting. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Cool. That's a good question. Thank you. Okay. So since you asked the question, should I start with our tropes? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Let's see. My trope is... Okay, I actually don't know how you feel about this one. Forgotten first meeting. So it's when two characters have met like way before they re-meet and then one person or both of them forget. I think it has to be one person. I did bad research. I don't remember. But I'm going to assume it's just one person and one person remembers. I can think of two instances where this has happened. Mm -hmm. Vampire Diaries. Oddly enough, there was... It was... um... It was before she and Damon got together and it was one of those times where he had like made an overture and he was like, I'm sorry. And Elena tells him, I'm sorry, it's Stefan. It's always going to be Stefan. And she's like, you know, maybe if we had met first, things would be different. And then there's a flashback and you find out that at one point she did meet Damon and it was first. And I think it was like before, you know, before the car wreck that killed her parents and everything. But he like he, he glamored her to forget. Mm-hmm. So it's this like ir- irony thing of like, oh, but she did meet him first. And also, spoiler alert, if you've never watched Vampire Diaries, it's your own damn fault because it's been out for literal years. Um, She does ultimately wind up with Damon. There you go. Yeah. And the other time. uh, Oh, uh, Under the Oak Tree. Uh, If you read the Riften's point of view, like extras or whatever, you find out that basically he knew her like he knew he more knew her as a child like he would kind of like watch her play and whatnot and eventually um at one point he saved her life from a monster and in thanks she gave him this like flower crown um and it's something he's always like like it was when he was becoming a mercenary and uh, he, he would basically at one point they needed to cast like a spell of a happy memory. And it was like his one happy memory um, was just like remembering her. <laughs> like so not. Yeah. And he even thought that himself. He's like, my God, this is literally the only happy memory <laughs> I have in my life. It's this little girl. Like a hugging yeah. dog. Uh, but yeah. So Ripton and Maxie. Um, how do I feel about this? What is it? It's ain't tired of it, rewired it, uh, wire it, uh, retire it. Um, mm, I'm going to say I ain't, I'm, I'm not tired of it. I like it, but I don't love it. It feels like, it kind of feels like a weird gotcha sometimes. <sighs> yeah, that's why I'm like, that's, that's why I say I'm not tired of it tentatively maybe i should say rewire it but yeah it does feel like a oh we've met before like this okay so this is actually a trope that comes up a lot in like japanese like korean uh dramas and things it is cute in howl's moving castle okay it is cute count that as a forgotten first meeting well i guess not really because she wouldn't have experienced it yet Right, so she couldn't have forgotten it. Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so scratch that. Um, but yeah, I was the, the only K-drama that I've ever finished is Hometown Cha-Cha. And uh, 
they had a forgotten first meeting where they like discovered that they had run into each other a couple times before and they were like oh you were that person that's wild we've met before and it was sort of like okay i mean you didn't really need to i don't think um i do think it's better when they both forget for some reason oh see i disagree so i like it when one person remembers and one forgets okay so I'm, uh, this happens all the time. Uh, but I started reading one on Webtoon called <sighs> something. Okay, I'm going to look it up. But um, the plot is that they used to be neighbors and she has forgotten him, but he has never forgotten her because she made a, an impression on him. And then they re-met and he is this like terrorist boss and she is annoyed by him and then they like get together and it's very fun it's called okay so it's called sixth sense kiss and it seems like it would be really boring i picked it up on a whim just read the first chapter and then like sat there for four hours and read everything up to where it's where it's been um where it's still updating uh but the the plot is that when she kisses someone she can see their future Okay. And so she accidentally, like, she's reaching for something at work and she falls over and accidentally, like, her lips brush his neck and she sees them, like, in bed together and happily in love. And she's like, what the fuck? I hate this guy. (laughs) And so it's very cliche. Like, it's doing nothing original, but it's so much fun. And so there's like there's one incredibly good joke where she asks him to describe his perfect woman, like his type. And so he starts describing her and he goes, um, big eyes and small lips. And she looks at him and she goes, ha, that's an alien. No. <laughs> In the background, he's like an alien drawing. It made me laugh so hard. It's like so dumb. Anyway, it's very fun. I enjoy it a lot and I highly recommend it. But yeah, they used to be neighbors. Ugh, I guess slight spoilers, but like he remembers her and she doesn't. And so she wants nothing to do with him and he like does want things to do with her. But like <laughs> plot reasons, they have a hard time getting together. So. Yeah, I actually prefer it when one person remembers and one person has forgotten. Uh, but you like it when both have forgotten. That's interesting because I don't like that. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, that was a good one. We both genuinely didn't know. That is, it also gives a nice segue into my trope. Uh, you mentioned, you know, how she falls and her lips brush his neck, which is perfect because my trope is accidental kiss um and it comes in different forms so it says you know the trope page nothing can be simultaneously more embarrassing and more exciting than the accidental kiss especially if it's also a first kiss or sacred first kiss and there are three forms so we might have different feelings based on which forms it are mm-hmm. uh, um, it could be uh, so one in a fit of celebration someone high on excitement unleashes their passion by grabbing and kissing the nearest set of lips before they realize what they're doing i'm going to go ahead and put hawk and yona in this chapter in that category I was going to say, that's really hawking Anna right now. Yeah. Um, two is after a crash into hello or something resembling the collider's lips always have a strange tendency to connect. Rarely, <laughs> if ever, are the painful implications of teeth colliding against teeth at high speeds addressed. 
Okay. I was going to say, I have a problem with the accidental kiss when they like fall into each other because of that. Because I'd be like, you would be so much in pain. This would not be sexy. It's always been my hang up. But continue and then we'll get into it. Yes. And the third form is uh, when there are foreigners, including aliens, who kiss someone without realizing what it means and the other participate and the other participants culture slash planet. So I guess like isn't and um what's it Star Trek? I know there's a lot of fanfic because isn't like shaking hands basically like third base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the idea comes from Vulcans uh will touch their first their forefinger and middle finger together uh with another person and that's their version of a kiss. So everybody's like <laughs> spot going around just handshaking everybody left and right is an absolute slut (laughs) (laughs) i think there has to be intention behind it but yeah yeah i saw a tumblr post about like who was the first like delegate to the vulcan planet who just like hand shook and there there was just some like freak of the vulcans who was just like (laughs) okay (laughs) uh yeah that's a good post um oh there was also a really cute okay so i still i'm still on the fence about a sign of affection which is a newer shoujo romance about a deaf girl in college who meets a boy who likes to travel and they start a love affair (laughs) they like start dating and there is kind of a cute thing where he asks her like he's trying to learn sign language for her and i think he he asks her, she asks him for a hug, but there's like lost in translation something uh, he didn't, one of them didn't understand and he like goes in for their kiss and she's not expecting it, but he was. <laughs> so like there was that like cultural miscommunication, I guess, of like him not knowing sign language that well. Um, so that was kind of cute. That was, that was a fun like misunderstanding. And then he addresses it like a chapter later. He's like, you really were not expecting that, were you? My bad. <laughs> which is nice my issue okay so if anybody's wondering my issue with a sign of affection is that he seems like he's gonna get bored with her after he learns like everything about her uh because he likes to travel and like learn new things and he's always constantly like trying to move on to a new thing it just makes me nervous but whatever (laughs) maybe my fears are unfounded and they'll be cute forever but yeah i think I don't know. I like this trope sometimes. Yeah. I really don't like it when they kiss each other by accident because, as we said, like crash, running into yeah. each other. I was going to say that is a definite retire it for me. Yeah. Um, I specifically, I just keep thinking of when Chibiusa falls out of the sky in her first appearance in Sailor Moon <laughs> and her like, crash into Mamaru, who's her father, her eventual. <laughs> I forgot about that. What reason? What was the reason? What was the reason for her to make out with her father? So I really hate that version. Um, I could take or leave the the third version where it's um, you don't under, uh, know the implications. Uh, I don't know that I've seen it so much in actual like media. I've seen it in fan fiction, and it's usually pretty fun in fan fiction yeah. i see i don't know that i've ever really seen 
it that much. Like literally the only examples that I can think of are that they're in another culture and they've accidentally gotten married, which is super yeah. fun. But like not kissing. Not kissing. And then the episode of Friends where Chandler and Monica are trying to keep everything on the down low and he kisses her in front of people. And he's like, oh, God, I have to cover this up. So he starts kissing all of the the women in the friend group. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get off of me. <laughs> so I don't know. He's just like trying a new thing. But that's not really a cultural difference. Yeah. I literally I cannot think of an example of this. Yeah. So yeah, I could take girly Vicks. It's kind of untested, but I do genuinely love the the accidental fit of celebration or accidental goodbye. Like, um, I, I, I the it always comes back to Teen Wolf on this podcast, but Scott does it to Kira. They're just like in the school hallways. They haven't kissed yet, and he just kind of gives her a peck on the lips and leaves. And she kind of panics, and he kind of panics. And then afterwards, he's like telling Styles about it, and he was like, "I don't know." And she's just like, "He's like, well, is it like a passionate kiss?" She's like, "No, it's like how you kiss your grandma when you're like eight. And then Styles goes, "Oh, chaste. You gave her a chaste kiss." <laughs> yeah. I love that it always comes back to Teen Wolf. Yeah, it always comes back to Teen Wolf. But yeah, I did love that. So that ain't tired of it. Uh, definitely retire. Crash kiss. Yeah, I think I agree. So that was my trope. Do you have anything else you want to say before we take it out? No. No, that was a good trope. That was a good one to end on. All right. So, uh give us our goodbyes oh yeah i do those now <laughs> okay uh yeah you can find us on social media we are on twitter which you should follow because uh sometimes we have to skip weeks and that's where i update everything so we are at the yonapod then we are also technically on tumblr uh at the yona podcast i don't update that one as much uh, and then Gmail, if you want to send us in thoughts or ideas or questions or anything, uh, again, theyonapod at gmail.com. And that, oh no, just kidding. We have personal stuff, which I finally updated our Twitter. So if you want to just like click the at in our bio, you can go to Witchy Evan, which is, of course, Evangelina. And then me, I am instead of writing about the A. And with that, we will see you all next week for more Shing. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>